You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. And hello, and welcome to the 196th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. It is a wonderful day to be alive because this is Coach Tim in Orlando, Florida, ready to get the show on the road. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis. I'm just drinking tea tonight. I was too lazy to go to the liquor store. Uh, This is Spencer in Boston, also drinking tea tonight. I've got a less than stellar option in my glass, unfortunately, little guy. I... I think you'll be disappointed in my apricot vanilla cream flavored tea. It's really that sounds. Disgusting. It would be low on my list. It's what came out yeah. first when I I, just, I was in a rush. I was just like, whatever's closest, that's caffeine free, and that's what I ended up with. And I'm, you know, I feel a little bit disappointed. Like uh, I don't know, like sprinters at Perry Nice. Uh, oh wow! Oh wow! Good segue. Well, I'm so, I'm I'm not really. I'm drinking an herbal infusion. Let's be honest, people. It's not tea. It's too late well, for tea. <laughs> I'm I'm at the stage, gentlemen, where I'm just drinking water from a wonderful day here in Orlando, Florida, wow. where mm, my favorite heart. cafe, Bikes Beans and Bordeaux, is celebrating their tenth anniversary. Yeah, congratulations! And uh, so that was pretty cool. For- we have a lot to discuss on this week's podcast. We have Torino Adriatico. We have Paris Nice. We have perhaps. The greatest mountain bike World Cup I've seen in a long time. We're also going to talk about Milan San Remo and uh, various other things, including Yates Brothers Automotive and um, other great news in the world of professional and amateur cycling. Little guy, yeah. you have a lot of things to discuss. I have my new um, cargo bike. You have your new cruiser. Oh my gosh, I mean, you got your new so cargo much bike? to discuss. Oh yeah, wow! So all right, well let's let's talk about that in the second half of the show. Let's yeah. hold that off for now. Let's yeah. talk about the greatest one day stage race has ever occurred. Perry Nice, Torino Adriatico. Wait, what? Perry Nice. Okay, little guy. So I'm good. a lay person. I'm a lay person. Just 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 put it out there for me. What is the difference between Paris Nice and Torino Adriatico? Because I get them mixed up. Which one should I care more about? I think. See, I think. You should care more about Perry Nice because it's more history. It starts in a couple days before Torino, and here's why I really like it. it and I don't think this a actually. A couple days before—that's a reason. What? Well, <laughs> it is a reason because okay. here's here's the reasoning. I, normally, I would be a hundred percent down with watching highlights or watching stages of Torino every day, but Perry Nice hooks me like two days, three days, whatever before Torino, and and I'm hooked. I can't do anything about it. I'm interested. I want to know what happened, and I don't have time. I know we've talked about this in the past, but I I really don't have time now to to fully follow two races. I gotta go. I gotta go with the one that started first. But <laughs> yeah, also, so, so the day it's not the trophy. It's not the trident. No, the trophy has Adriatica. nothing to do with it. I will okay. say t- for sure, Tim. I agree with you. Torino has the better trophy. Um, but Perry Nice does have one good thing. Torino's got too many GC oh. guys, like solid GC no, hang guys. On. 
Now, this is classically, this is what we've always known about Perry Nice and versus Torino Adriatico is it, they're both one week stage races leading into kind of the classic season. And Torino was always thought of as the sprinters race, whereas Perry Nice was always thought of as the climbers race, right? But that's yeah, but now it's kind of that's flipped. no longer true. Yeah, no, no, and I think that's why I'm liking Perry Nice more now because. The first couple stages and even the last couple because they were rainy, they're brutal. Like it's a every race is like a little mini classic. And I really am digging the fact that you've got guys who aren't really GC riders. Traditionally, they're going for GC. You got Wellens, you got Gallopin kind of going for it, but not really working out for him. You got Alaphilippe mm-hmm. who blew up pretty big on the penultimate day and then on the last day. And yeah, in the end, you've got a guy like Soler and the Izagira brothers and Yates and stuff who are all like GC hopefuls for the future, mm-hmm. duking it out. But you've got these like guys who are also going to contend in like Amstel and Liège and like maybe even a cobbled classic. Maybe trying to to mix it up with them. Like Sanchez, Sanchez is a guy who knows his limits, which is one week max. <laughs> yes, and but like. I got to respect a guy that knows his limits as opposed to like a guy that ever got tricked, like guys like him who get tricked into believing they can race three weeks. Like he has always every year just gone out, yeah. tried to poach yeah. Perry Nice, and then what disappear. Are some ex- what are some examples of guys that have maybe been tricked into thinking that they could race three weeks? I, you know, I can't think a lot. There's, a, I mean, there's been an American or two. I'd say any American well, that won anything TJ's on a hill. The big, the yeah. elephant in the room. Is it anybody it, besides TJ? Uh, Tom Danielson. Any any American any American GC George Hincappy yeah. Levi Leipheimer, uh, I mean the list goes on and on and on and on and on and like not I really American. like these riders that know they're like this is my jam you know like Simon Spielak okay. he's like is it snowing I'm gonna win that one week's race <laughs> is Spielak still racing because he was he on the Triple C pole set because I gotta be nah, perfectly honest with you little guy. I don't yeah, know, anyway. okay little guy I gotta be completely honest with you and I I haven't talked to Spencer so coming in at this blind. But I'm willing to bet that he and I both did not watch either Paris Nice or Torino Adriatica. And I have to completely admit that I don't even know what's going on other than I saw Movistar 1 today. So I'm just going to yeah. gloat that I told you so. How are you not Even going though I had no nuts. clue. So, I watched is- the final like 5K of the final stage and I saw Simon Yates. How did he not know that he was a second away? Come on. Well, he knew. I mean, I don't think he could do much about it. He got dropped earlier on the climb. I, the thing I'll say is Perry Nice, obviously last year, Contador lost by, what, two seconds after going on the big raid mm-hmm. in his final Perry Nice. Basically, the same thing happens every year at Perry Nice, which is somebody attacks from super far out mm-hmm. and puts the guys in the top five under serious pressure, and it comes down to a crazy, like, two or three second bonus. It's it's one of the best days of racing all year, and it caps off what I would say is the best one-week stage race. Bar none. It could be. It's so good. It could be. I'm not gonna argue. Like what's, I don't. I guess I don't really. Yeah. What's interesting to me? Maybe the Colorado Classic. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Um, what's interesting to me is how much that race has changed. Like, it, it. I mean, it's a classic, obviously, so it's been around for a long time. But it used to be, you know, the race to the sun, right? That's the tagline. Yeah. And it was like, uh, you know, starts in kind of the colder northern climate in France and moves its way south and gets to beautiful coast and beautiful weather. And that just really hasn't been the case the last few years. It's been pretty terrible. Technically, 
Yeah, I mean, they couldn't do anything about the no, fact I know, that it rained but the last two days. It's amazing. But yeah, I mean, the one mountaintop finish was like, it looked really cold, and then today looked really cold. It changes the dynamic of the race, and I think it's probably a really good prep for the Giro, uh, as well as, you know, Spring Classic kind of stuff. But um, yeah. so, whereas Torino is just sort of the not quite Abu Dhabi or uh, training camp in Australia <laughs> level, like casual, but, you know, it's real racing, but... It's it's much more uh, pleasant. Yeah. So, like, probably. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Little guy, you, you've sold me. Okay, it's the best one-week stage oh, race out there. But let me just... So, Movistar wins. Uh, Solaire takes the win over Simon Yates and then the Izagir brothers in third and fourth. <sighs> Brutal. Fifth place was Tim Wellens. And, of course, sixth place, just off the wide-angle podium, is Dylan Toons. Now, little guy. Yeah. Do you know who finished 16th place overall in the GC? I this do. is the future of the Giro. This is going to be the guy that's on the podium for the Giro. Everyone mark no. your calendars because he is back, baby. And little guy, who am I talking about? I don't know. All I know is Ella <laughs> Philippe dropped to 18th, I think. No, you are wrong. It is not Ella Philippe. It I is know. the one and only <laughs> Ilnor Zacharin, ah. who, I don't know. Yeah. I've seen some pictures. Looks like he's added a couple pounds. You know, he's I not mean, as twig, th- twiggy as this he is once part of- was. Why I really enjoyed this Perinis is you had guys like Zacharin and Malema and uh, like even Kreuziger and Fuslang, guys who are solid three week GC threats, just getting their doors blown off by by like Wellens and Tunes, who I think I said was on, I think I thought Edward Thunes was on BMC last week when I meant Dylan <laughs> Tunes. You know, you're I think not I the only one to screw week. that up. Uh, a lot of. Uh, prominent journalists and Twitter accounts have been screwing that up all week long. It's pretty great. It's super. It's super I, difficult. It, I am happy that we continue our tradition of correcting ourselves and yeah, yeah. Make, putting ourselves out there that we Hold hardly ever here. make mistakes. When we do, we will always correct them. So Melanson uh, Paris Nice is done. Melanson Ramos around the corner. Real quick. Tim Wellens takes points jersey, and then the KOM is going to be Thomas DeGentz. So, little yes. uh, Spencer, I know that you're stoked about DeGentz taking the win, a, a dominating performance um, for Lotto Sudal. Yes. And then everyone's favorite dictator team, Brian Marita, <laughs> takes the team classification. Yeah. So, gentlemen, Paris Nice is in the books. Oh, it is can time. We, can you say one the, thing? Of course. The French won a lot of stages. That's nice for them. Like, there's been years where the French have trouble <laughs> at all their races. Yeah. And, like, the French, it was only, it was like French and Spanish, man. Those two nations are killing it right now. You know, now, little so. guy. There was a FDJ kit that oh, I saw yeah. come across. Oh, the yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a God. good look at that. Jumbo. And, boy, it's brutal. Um, but, little guy, I've been I've saying? been over here uh, thinking about what you said about the Pyrenees being the best one week stage race. And I think there's a few others that could possibly contend that I, I would need to revisit, you know, tour Swiss, things like that. Like, yeah, um, Inco tour, but whatever. between the two of Torino and Perinice, you're swaying me, you're swaying me your direction, but I wasn't okay. quite sure until I remembered Perinice does have a time trial. Torino has a team time trial. I know. Right. What it's is brutal. worst? What like honestly? Let's decide it right now. What I mean, is I'll worse? T- I'll to watch tell you what's worse. Team. The worst thing about it was that they were on the same day, so you could not avoid time trial action. <laughs> that is no true. matter what you that did. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Because they knew so, if they, I bet the bo- races called each other and there's like, we want to do a TT. We want to do a TT. Let's do them on the same day because they know they're going to lose all viewers. Yeah, they're going to lose the ratings. You know? Yeah. Wait, but if, honestly, if one of them's not running a time trial. 
Little guy, you think a team time trial is less exciting than an individual oh, yeah. time trial? I hate team really? time trials. How about you, Spencer? What do you think? You know, I think I got to agree with the little guy. I think I would rather see wow. an individual time trial than a team time wow. trial. No. I just, you're just, it's just a, <laughs> you're trying. Uh, it's more of a, you're, you're, I don't know. I don't even know. You're, tr- you're turning heel on me. <laughs> Tim, the Spencer, time trial is you, you, the you race of truth. Just to get, you're just trying to troll me. You're just being a classic heel. What you're just like, now? I'm the bad guy. Here. It is clearly the team time trial, and here's why. Because why? it gets done a lot quicker. Because you don't have 160 <laughs> guys going. You have 18 teams. It's done a lot faster. You usually have to it's go also, further. There's also, the, there's also like maybe that uh, situation that like some Belgian team crashes out like Team Sky when they're overtaking them at like mile three. <laughs> Like there's nah. a lot more drama to be well, it's had. It's going to be whatever and continental team got invited. You know that. <laughs> I'm yeah. Just, I mean, we we've got a we got a uh, Twitter question later in the uh, episode that we'll we'll talk about this. But I mean, it's one of these things, guys. That clearly the team time trial is by far better than the individual time trial when it comes to uh, stage racing. Let alone one week stage races. But let's get just, right I into just, the. Uh, I the gotta mo- say, I feel like the team time trial gives an unfair advantage to certain GC uh, riders, and yeah. probably even worse, it gives a big, big deficit to some GC riders that are on teams that just will never compete in that discipline. I well, I'm 100 percent with you. There's always some like little scrawny hopeful from some crap team <laughs> that j- loses five minutes in yeah. that. And then you're like, all right, well. Well, let's get into um, one of my favorite anomalies, something I do not understand. And since Coach Tim doesn't understand it, he needs to go to the little guy, Matt Allen, to figure uh, out okay. why what, what, in the world would a race promoter start yeah. a stage race on a Tuesday to end it on a Tuesday? What is going on with Torino Adriatico? <coughs> Today was the Sunday I, I, stage, and it was fairly boring stage profile i don't get it weekends are for the mountains and for the excitement and now i got to sit through another monday and tuesday for torino adriatico (laughs) to see who wins the trident i really don't care at this point i'm hoping that mikhail landa takes the win for my movistar boys he's sitting third overall in the gc but kiwakowski of team sky looking pretty good heading into milan san remo i so i mean i just voted for perry nice being a better race but i don't know how you think it was, I mean, Torino, I don't know how you could say today was a boring stage. You got Yates winning, and you got Sagan, Kwiatowski, and Tease Banut sprinting it out. Mm-hmm. I know. With, I with, saw it. Like, like, you guys got, like, a Ran and stuff and Bardet mixed in that sprint. Come on, that's a messy sprint. But, <laughs> oh, I love um, a good I mean, messy I, sprint. Yeah. Mm. I Tim, I can tell you why. It's because it's in Italy. That way it runs a little bit closer to Milan Sanremo. You get more miles in the legs, and then you've got a perfect amount of downtime. Whereas you do Paris Nice, you finish farther yeah, away. You gotta do and a couple you training days week. in there. Yeah, you got a whole week where you're you're not you're a little stale. You're gonna be a little you're gonna be can, fresher. The legs are gonna be popping. Can I tell you the only reason that I should well two reasons I should care about Torino Adriatica one. Yeah. It's the last time Damiano Cunego is going to be doing it. He just announced that he's going to be retiring in basically a month. It seems yeah. like he's out since they didn't get selected to the Giro. He's going to be retiring. The Little Prince, what's up? I'm going to pour one out for you. You're one of my favorite all-time cyclists. I remember still watching you 
beat up on your teammate, Gilberto Simone, <laughs> and it was one of the favorite things in the seminal moments of my cycling stardom. Or stardom. Yeah, yeah. that's fandom. really where you became and, a star. Uh, guys, I, you guys know my love for Damiano Cunigo. Oh, yeah. I am going to miss him, and I'm sad to see him go, but he is in Torito Adriatico. So then yeah. the fact that he is no longer really partaking, right? He's in 128th place, 54 minutes down, about 30 seconds behind Taylor Finney. But <laughs> so I'm looking on the start list and I'm like, man, you know, I need to find a second guy that I am a big fan of, a Tispanute-esque character, a yeah. gentleman that I am all in on since day one. <laughs> and I scroll up to 107th place. Tispanute. And there he is. Returning to the professional cycling peloton for Team Bora Hansgrow, former top 10 at the Tour de France. <laughs> We're talking about Leopold Koenig. Mark your calendars, gentlemen. Koenig is back and the tour is around the corner. Oh, he is going to be the GC hope of Bora Hansgrow for when Peter Sagan gets disqualified <laughs> on stage eight of this year's tour. That's a Coach Tim guarantee. Leopold Koenig is back to racing. I am no. better than sad now, even though Conego is retiring. I have yeah. Koenig to lift my hopes and my spirits. All right. Now, Tim, why didn't you just go with Tease Banute? He's sitting in eighth place <laughs> in GC, 39 seconds down. Like, he's actually with he's within a shot of at least making the podium. I mean, the podium's only, well, only you know, less than 20 seconds away. All right, little guy, that's a good point. But to be perfectly honest, like, I like Tease Banute. He's cool and everything, but like, I kind of liked him before. You know, everyone else oh, liked him. Oh, you don't like, like that now that of, he's getting results. Now it's yeah, kind of like, it's kind of uh, like you know, I was into him before everyone else started talking about Tispanut. So now at this point, it's kind of you know, I'm good. I'm happy. You know, I, I'm not going to buy any merch, but you know, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. You know cool what you Tispanute. should do? You should get really into just one of the Yates brothers, and then periodically you'll get excited when the other Yates brother wins because I can't remember which one's which. And then we can correct you and tell you that's the wrong Yates brother. Which one is the Yates brother that had the inhaler problem? Fairly similar I, to what Chris Froome is going yeah, through. Yeah, I don't apparently remember. Apparently, is still happening. It's either the one who won the stage of Torino today, or it's the one who lost the GC of Perinice. Because Chris Froome is at Torino Adriatico, and I mean. We could talk about Torino Adriatico, but you can't mention but that we don't this race is going on with Chris Froome still existing. How is he still <laughs> racing? It is an embarrassment for the sport. He needs to sit out. They need to That's deal with his fine. I can't believe that Chris Froome hasn't just voluntarily suspended himself. <laughs> he would have taken the six-month suspension and be back by now. It's ridiculous and I'm, an embarrassment. Team I'm Sky? totally disagree with you, Tim. It's, wow. It's the w if the rule is that you can race... Then that's fine. Like if you want, change the rule. If you want him not to it's race, it's not fine. It's not fine. It's it, fine. It doesn't matter what it the is, rule is. is. A, like it's, it's not the a death rule. of the sport. So anytime anybody gets something or some, there's some sort of accusation or whatever, they're supposed to just like sit themselves out until it's proven. Yeah. they have to prove themselves. The burden of proof wow. is upon them to do this. I think so. Wow. Like no one's ever going to race. Then everyone's going to be like constantly testing positive for things. Little guy, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think Chris Froome is guilty? Yeah, he's probably guilty. He writes for Sky. Okay. Guilty before proven innocent when it comes to cycling. It is ridiculous that he is he's sullying the sport, little guy. Oh, it is the embarrassing. The sport is dirty and sullied as it There's no way the sport outside of the eyes of regular cycling fans be, could come become more of a dirty doping like like drug-fueled mess. And everyone now, who's a cyclist, we're like, yeah, he probably cheated a little bit, but like 
he he should not be racing. He it is ridiculous. Now I understand why you're a fan of Ricardo Rico. You know, you're just like <laughs> always a friend of the dopers. It is ridiculous. Because you know why I was a fan of Rico because it was it was insane. <laughs> okay. Chris Froome is racing. I don't yeah. really want to talk more about it. But well, he's nine minutes down. It's not worth it. Team Sky needs to go away. All of it. Kiwakowski is Team Sky is the leader, apparently, with the lead. Um, <laughs> is there Wait, anything so else? Apparently, the guy who's leading from the team, you think he's the leader? I don't I mean, yeah. is there anything else you guys want to talk about with Torino, Adrian? No, I like, I'm not I, watching it, so I don't really I haven't care. watching it either, but... Traditionally, lately, the the winner of Milan San Remo comes from Torino, so we should maybe try to figure out who's racing well there, because they'll probably win Milan San Remo. Though I think I think this is the year it flips, and and someone from Perry Nice is going to win. Really, really? Milan San Remo. So let's roll into Milan San Remo. That is this Saturday. Every year, it's on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. It is the longest. You've always of known the, that. It is the longest of the monuments. Yep. Um, it is a. One of the seminal classics, I have mentioned about this on the podcast over the last three years, that it is my favorite of all the classics, purely because of the climb at the end, the Poggio. And (laughs) I was on a ride today, guys, and I was talking to a friend. I said, you know, one of my cycling goals, and I hope you guys can join me sometime, is that we fly to Italy, and we go to Milan San Remo, and we're hanging out outside San Remo. We rent a car, and we're driving the course a little bit backwards, and we go up to the Poggio. But what we do is... We don't go over the top of the Poggio. No, we park the car in one of those driveways that is on the descent of the Poggio. And there's always a rider that maybe crashes in and one of the, into the driveway. One of the things I've never understood about the Poggio, that the penultimate climb, that where the action is, where Pizzato is going on the attack. It's where the, the beauty of the race is. There's never any fans standing on the side of the road. There's all those houses. Well, but no one's having like, no one's having a cocktail hour. Now, like, a couple of things great. that I need to get in here is when you're spectating a road race, you know how this goes. You've, you've, your significant other, poor Sarah, has been out in the feed zone for you at some road race at some point. She gets to stand there for like six hours while you do your 40-mile <laughs> race in the Cat 4s and hand you a bottle for the 10 seconds that you're going by once every three hours. And... That is what you get in a normal road race. Now, what do you get when the peloton is going downhill at forty-five miles an hour? You get even. You get a third of that normal time. So, bang so for I buck, understand. nobody's going to watch on the downhill. But what I'm saying though is, there are the houses on the roadway down. Like look, we've seen the classic serpentine descent, and yeah. there are garages. There are. Why is why doesn't any like it's Italy? It's 2018. I'm pretty sure they have a TV they could put on in the garage. Have a party. Yeah. Put an easy up tent in. Be like out there with a, like dress like a banana. In fact, that is the only race that I want someone wearing a costume because no one's ever on the descent looking. It's the they're most there. famous descent. They're in not cycling. there because it's a bad idea, Tim. And your idea is bad, and you should feel bad. <laughs> well. This, if if I lived, the, if I lived in a house on the side of the Poggio outside San Remo, Italy, and there was a bike race going on, and I was a bike race fan, I would take myself a, a lift down to the town center <laughs> and go to the cafe and sip an espresso, watch the race on the big screen television they have set up there, and then casually walk outside the door and watch the finish outside of the cafe that is how you would do Milan San Remo no no 
no. I, I, I got it. I mean, Spencer, I appreciate the, the candidness. I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but Melanson, Remo, one of the greatest races. It's all about who goes over the climb. No. Uh, and you know, also, there's going to be wrong. a break. You're wrong about that. Is too. it going to be a sprint? <laughs> so here we are, but, one year removed from our episode, uh, memorializing Michele Scarponi, uh, who yeah. tragically lost his life uh, last year about this time. Um, that was a little later, but yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, the most famous part of this race is, of course, the Scarponi Bridge, oh, which yeah. happens between the Cipressa climb and the Poggio climb, because inevitably a break goes on the Cipressa and somebody misses it who is not quite a favorite, but could be if they were in that move and they have to bridge across. <laughs> and usually yeah. it's Scarponi because he's the only one who's uh, ever made it all the way from the Peloton to the break. Solo, yeah. He would have won that year if he'd not missed that right. move on the Cabrera. Many people... Like, there's no way yeah. he wouldn't have won that year. Many people attempt the Scarponi bridge. Very few, yeah. if any, have ever completed it aside from Scarponi. So that is what I look for in the race. Uh, I look for the Scarponi Bridge attempt, the Memorial Scarponi Bridge uh, between the Cipressa and the Poggio, and then, of course, the fireworks on the Poggio. Now, this is, I mean, such a, my favorite part about this race is that it is so formulaic, right? Like, you kind of understand what's going to happen. It's Is there going to be a break over the Poggio that yeah. finishes in a sprint? Um, or is it going to be a mass gallop to the line? What sprinter gets dropped? It was always Greipel or Cavendish getting dropped on the Trapresa or the Poggio, so it softens the legs. Yeah. So going into the race, little guy, you've been scouring the results of Trino Adriatico. How do you think it's going to go? <laughs> what's your What's your pick? I've got my pick. I know who's going to win, so well, you can ask me if you want, but I, go ahead. F. Well, I've looked at. I was looking at the start list, and it's not complete yet, unfortunately. No. But it's it's kind of funny if you look at Quick Step. They've only got four guys. It's it's uh, Gavria, Gilbert, Viviani, and Ella Philippe. And you're like, uh, okay, wait, who's the leader? Mm-hmm. But um, I'm gonna say I think Ella Philippe's gonna take it this year. I think he's gonna be he's hurting Interesting. from from Perinese. I mean, he kind of got his doors blown off the last uh, two days, and I think he's I think he's mad. Like he that was marked on the calendar, big first result. Yeah. He was so close last year. This is a shocker. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be storming. Um, all right. I think he's gonna be there. All right. This is a shocker and, because, I mean, of all the people in the race, that's not who I thought you pick. But even even drilling it down a little more, even of those four from Quick Step that you just mentioned, that is yeah. not the one that I thought wow. you were gonna pick. Well, he is the one from Quick Step who was on the podium last year, was he not? It could be. That could be true. But he's not the he's Italian. He's not the Italian. He's not the Italian hope. <laughs> so, uh, no. Viviani's riding really yes, well. Yes, he is. So. Who's your pick, Spencer, on winning Milan San I think I think Viviani is a excellent, excellent oh, wow. choice. I think he's got the pedigree. He's got the drive. He's got the passion for the race. He's Italian. He checks all the boxes. That said, I'm not going to pick him because this race is going to be won by one man who sheds, who finally sheds the leg warmers to reveal finely shaven legs, letting the Peloton know that he is serious business, and that man is Peter Sagan. All right. Okay, be- so Spencer, Spencer go with Peter Sagan. I will tell you who's going to, okay, we can get to Sagan in just a minute. He is wearing the tights. He's going to, He's you know, this is the race that he needs to win. But I'm going to tell you who's going to win. 
All right. This is how the race is going to go down. This gentleman probably going to miss the break. He's going to miss the Scarponi bridge, but the <laughs> break is going to start dying. And he's going to be feeling it a little bit on the Poggio, but he is going to be in the caravan and he's going to have a little bit of help with the team cars. The team oh, cars are going to help him. He's going to hold on to some water bottles and there he is. And before you know it, the winner of the 2018 Milan San Remo for the second time is Frenchman. Arnaud Dumer. Woof. Of, <laughs> okay. Ooh, what team is that? Uh, Groupama FTJ. Yeah. With yeah. perhaps the ugliest kit in the professional peloton <laughs> coming along the, spe- the, the winning. It's going to be Dumer for the win. And um, I cannot be happier with that. And I will tell you right now 16th place, Alexander Kristoff. Because if you're not winning, you're getting 16th That's place. True. Oh, wow. I, 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 right. I like your pick. Like, I respect it uh, from, a, yeah. from a place within my heart. But. I mean, even his win was kind of a fluke. Oh, come on. Really? I wow. mean, wow. I don't know. I told I, I would be super excited if he won again. I, would be. I think he's possible. I, yeah, I'm just saying. I but I'm with you, Spencer. I don't think there's no way he's going to get to a group without Sagan and Sagan's faster than him. Yeah. So, um, my 16th pick is uh Nizzolo. Nizzolo. Wow, not, not bad. bad. The, I think the he's going to make sprinter. Yeah, a little, little second group. See, I, Alaphilippe's going to win solo, so it's be kind of like a, just a sprint now, that doesn't really matter after him. You know? Spencer, who do you got for 16th place? For 16th place, I think a, a crushing disappointment uh, after setting out to, to uh, win all six monuments, including the Japan Cup, will be Philip Gilbert just not <laughs> coming good uh, when he thought he was going to. Well, I hope that when these guys get 16th place, they're actually celebrating when they get 16th place, including Gilbert, who's well on his way to winning all six monuments of cycling. Um, but Milan San Remo, check it out this coming week. I believe it is on NBC Sports Gold. We get a lot of people ask us, just buy the subscription to NBC Sports Gold coverage. Yeah, find out after you buy it. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's probably not going to be on there. But, they should you know. give us money for the amount of times we've yeah, sold people yeah. to buy that stuff. But, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's just it's. I was watching Paris Nice on it today. You oh, know? it's great. Like the it's, coverage is great. It's like, it looks fabulous. It's really good. And I don't know who. Do you remember who was announcing this weekend? It, he was know, Aussie. There was a, there was a he, damn good announcer. He had. God, ugh, I wrote it down, and I don't. I don't, I don't have my notes so, with me. He had some hilarious. He had some some good witticisms. They were, they were better than ligatisms. Was it they were uh, solid. Robbie McEwen? I don't know I don't who know how was you would doing it. That name. It might, it I might know have been Robbie McEwen. McEwen. <laughs> All I know is I turned it on and he was he was an Aussie, you know. I, I want to say that uh, although I think uh, Demare is going to win, I really wanted to pick Viviani, and yeah. the one person that I didn't want to pick to win that I wish wasn't even starting was uh, Moscone of uh, Team Sky. Yeah, because I wish all of Team Sky wasn't racing. He's um, a possibility. You know who's yeah. starting is he's on the start list is Matthews, which I don't I don't think he's going to be there because he's been out kind of for a bit. But, but. So does Taylor Finney. How awesome would it be if Taylor Finney wins the? Come on, that would be I mean, amazing. I would, I would, I would love that. But I mean, come on, we all know he's not going to win it. No, but. oh man, there's no hope. Hi, this is Dan from Nam, Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Spencer, I am already off the front. I've already collected the preem lap. In no, fact, really. I'm winning a pump. 
So what are you racing for for the, <laughs> the field sprint in the prime lap to catch up to me in the breakaway? Interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that story really holds water, but uh, uh, once again, as usual, we are racing for Health IQ. Uh, you can visit healthiq.com slash slow ride. Uh, to learn a little bit more about uh, what they do and um, just know that they're big, big supporters of us and they're big, big supporters of you, or at least they want to be. Um, Yeah, we're supported by Health IQ. They're a life insurance company, if you didn't already know that. Uh, They celebrate the health conscience, including cyclists, especially cyclists. Um, They can save you money on your life insurance. You can take a quiz online uh, to kind of give them your background and and your knowledge uh, of cycling and and how healthy you are. You know, we all have training peaks. We all have coaches. We all pay attention to our nutrition and all that stuff should count for something. That's what Health IQ thinks. That's what they believe. um, And that's how they're going to save you money. So check it out. Uh, They got a bunch of FAQs. If you have questions, if you don't uh, believe what, what me or Super Rookie are saying, um, you can check that all out, healthiq.com slash slow ride. Uh, learn some more, poke around, uh, take the quiz, you score a lead on the quiz, you're automatically saving money right there. You send in your Strava files, you're sending, you're saving more money. Um, it's, it's, it's worth taking a look is, is that's all we want you to do is, is head over there and, uh, poke around and see, uh, see what you can find out. Super simple. HealthIQ.com slash slow ride. Save some money on life insurance. You're a healthy individual. Upload your Strava files. Check out the Watts, just like Bout Van Art did from his amazing race at Strata Bianchi. It's very simple. You upload it. Save some money on your life insurance. HealthIQ.com slash slow ride. We'd like to thank all of those that have done that to help keep this podcast and the Wide Angle Podium Network sustainable, which brings us into our next order of business, the Wide Angle Podium app. Check it out in the Google Play Store and the Apple iTunes Store to find out what the most recent and up-to-date episodes of the network are. Big shout-out to our friends in podcast land. We got to hang out. who are going to be live at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, coming up for a live show. Yes. Couldn't be more excited for them. And uh, they are on the network. Check out their show, always with a great bunch of interviews. So. Good things happening in the Wide Angle Podium Network land. Also, for those of you that ordered your Endura Wide Angle Podium kits that we had made, the initial batch had been shipped. We are working on getting them all together, gathering. We'll send out some emails, get your addresses, and we'll send those on the way. And we will have a few extras, perhaps for sale, if you keep your eyes open on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Yeah. Yep. Uh, those kits are, are are produced. They're in the way to us. So uh, give us a little bit. We'll get those on the way to you as soon as we can. Uh, but they are real. We didn't swindle you. Um, and they are amazing. Uh, I've seen the mock-ups. I've seen the, uh, the photos. And uh, you're going to be happy. Uh, but yeah, that's some of the stuff we get to do um, here at the Wide Angle Podium due to the support that we get from Health IQ, from our other sponsors, and from donors uh who support the network and and allow us to produce stuff like uh we got to hang out who are presenting at south by southwest like tim said and uh bike shop uh cx who keep putting out great information uh i learned how to bleed my brakes you guys like my disc brakes it's it, the future yeah it didn't sound that hard um and uh yeah yeah i really appreciate those guys uh taking the time to uh, make a show all about it um 
And uh, Laser Radio uh, has been crushing it lately, and as well as a consummate athlete. And those are those are some shows. If you haven't checked out, you know, when you get some time on your hands, um, you know, just pop open that Wide Angle Podium app uh, and hit play and see if you like it. I think you will. And with that, let's get back to the show, gentlemen. Slow Ride Podcast. Messi Brachel, think of Saxon. I'm Lauren Stevens, and I'm here at the World Championship Road Race. This is Liam from Podium Insight. It's Rasan Bahadi. I'm Alex Dowser, and normally I'm racing for Movie Star. Here I'm racing for Team GB. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. And we have two reviews on iTunes, real quick. Five-star review from the 503. From those of you that don't know what area code 503 is, that is from Oregon. So this is a super uber hip individual giving us a review and they say bring back drunk tim or the drunk tim klein corner or whatever it is called um well coach tim completely agrees with you more of tim on this podcast is needed yeah and we could always use more and more clients i've seen a couple more out there in the wild so the clients are coming back but please don't buy them on ebay because you are driving up the price <laughs> may we recommend a new bike brand for you called pacific it is a fantastic <laughs> brand that everyone should buy classic yep. great get shocks on. get on the great ground level shifting and aluminium compound <laughs> should be exactly what you need and we have another five-star review from i waited i wanted to wait for the 200th episode from bill jank to leave a five-star review because that's a nice big round number and yeah. it'll come right about the time it thaws out in Minnesota and Boston, which means yeah. that Spencer and little guy can actually routinely hit the roads without risk of frostbite and start catching up on the fitness of Tim in Orlando and preps for the God awful mountain bike race. They're targeting <laughs> at the end of the summer. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Technically every mountain bike race is a God awful mountain bike race. So, so that I mean, that's yeah. kind of a technicality, but you know, I get the point. I get yeah. I get what he's laying down. Yeah. But the latest episode featuring butchering of pronunciation of Strade Bianchi, digressions on <laughs> winter bikes, and an amazing description of a dirt road ride near Tallahassee finally pushed me over the edge. As did Tispanut winning in Siena and Vout Van Art cramping on the climb to the same. If any of this makes sense to you, this is a podcast for you. To the host, thanks. Good luck on the one part at a time project. I'm terrible with names <laughs> and too lazy to go back and actually listen to the intro often enough to get this straight. So apologies if little guy is actually Tim and I'm forgetting <laughs> someone. Yeah, probably. Well, thank you, Bill Jank. We are on our way, well on our way to our one piece at a time Klein mountain bike project. I've got the handlebars. Little guy has a spacer. If anyone has... Some Klein mountain bike parts. Please send them our way. We could definitely use it. But um, got a, with that, got a, at the end of... I've got a single... I remembered. I've got a single uh, anodized blue uh, front quick-release skewer. I think it's a Sun Ringley. Uh, very oh, fancy. That's going I on. I don't man. have the matching set. I just have the one, and I don't know where yeah. I got it from, but I do have that. So I'm pretty sure that that is period appropriate for Klein. That it is because you know what I have on my Klein is a blue anodized front skewer that I don't actually know what it is. Oh. Um, but it's, it kind of looks like a wayless, but it's not a wayless. And on the rear, I just have a regular old XT hmm. kind of boring. Yeah. That's pretty boring. I wish mine was rear. I'd send it to you, but it's not. I wish it was too. 
<laughs> so we got a uh, – we did get one email this week. This one's a good one. I'm going right. to read it to you guys. It comes from a friend of the pod, Brandon Masterman. Okay. A little bit lengthy, but it's a good one, guys, because it has to do with me, and I just love that. So I need to tell you guys a story. It's about a recent human encounter I had right here in Portland, Oregon, oh, which is where I live. Wait, wait, wait. And we it got, rains we got a lot. two different Portland. Yeah, it's, everything's in Portland. We're blowing yeah, up yeah. in Portland, you guys. We're like, we starting to blow up. Do we need and to I talk didn't even about start talking about my cargo bike? Ah, uh, you. We need no, to start talking about microbrew. Like, what kind of microbrews are you going to put in that cargo bike? Oh, so many. Just donuts. Shoots. What about vegan donuts? How many vegan donuts can yeah. you fit in that bike? Voodoo donuts. That's how they explain on the website how big it is. They tell you how many vegan they are, donuts. They, yeah. they are opening a new Voodoo Donuts here in Orlando, but it's at Universal Studios. So I don't know uh, how to feel about Portland that. Portland is selling out. Are you serious? I'm 100% serious. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. Well, back are back we to o- the question. We are old, are back we? To the question. Back we to are Brandon's really old. email. Back to Brandon's email. Despite the weather, there are a lot of cyclists out on the road, and most of them wave when you cross their paths. Anyway, well, those are some super cool facts about Portland. That is not why I'm writing to you guys in using the traditional long-form style. Much like Little Guy Bikes, I prefer to keep it classic when it comes to writing. Cool. So here it goes. So I work as a barista at Breadwinner Cycles, combination custom steel bicycle frame builder and coffee shop, as one does in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, the most day, Portland job in the world. <laughs> the other day, a cycling type guy came into the shop wearing a Swift cycle t-shirt. Amazing. What? Knowing that's knowing that Super Rookie was one of the owners of that shop, I asked him if he was affiliated with Swift. He replied something like, Oh, it's not the cycling bag company. It's a shop in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tim Hayes, now defunct shop in Gainesville, Florida. Is what Brandon wrote back. I will say it was at 607 West University Avenue, but uh, it was a great shop. All of a sudden, it felt like time stopped and everything made sense in the world. Mind blown. And then in parentheses, he writes, maybe little guy can do some of those sweet laser sounds here. We realized we listened. We were in slow ride heaven. Turns out the customer is Paul Buchanan. Who knows you guys from living in Minneapolis? Small world. We talked about bikes and junk. I proceeded to quiz Paul on all things Minneapolis fat bikes. I know, which in reality is only like three other people that really care. Mateo, Taco Cat. And then I went for a deep cut. Do you know Fred Mills? And Paul was like, oh yeah, Fred and I are great great friends. Little guy. (laughs) Laser sounds. Why laser sounds after that? He, he, he wrote this out. Oh. He said, hey, I need little guy's laser sounds here. Okay. I would say some sort of kind of club music and, and, and then burst an out of Fred's goes, It's an interactive email. Yeah, it's interactive. Stay on top of things. So, okay. So Paul goes, oh, yeah, friends and I are, Fred and I are good friends. Laser sounds. Sue, sue, sue. Damn. Fred is over at my house right now finishing the build out of my workshop. Yeah. WTF. More laser sounds. Sue, sue, sue. Wow. Sing. Then it got super crazy. Fred got a text message letting him know Paul was at Breadwinner, and Fred responded, Sweet. Tell Paul said, What's up? It was a complete slow ride reunion, and it was fantastic. And anyway, short story long, I met a bike friend in Portland who lives in Seattle who knows you guys from Minneapolis and only realized this because he was wearing a Swift Cycle t shirt. And now we have both listened yeah. to the, all the same episodes of the Slow Ride podcast. <laughs> Amazing. Little guy. Uh, that's big beautiful. finale of Little Guy Laser Sounds here. <laughs> there you go the drum Brandon solo. thank you for the way too long email 
But it was fantastic to see that we are all connected in this wonderful cycling world. And our friends are across the country, including Portland, Oregon, where apparently we are blowing up on uh, all things donuts, bikes, and microbrews. Look for us at South by Southwest next year. Man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I touched on it, guys. My cargo bike finally arrived. It is getting built up this week. I am pretty excited to take the little Hymar out on the road. Where should I take the cargo bike first? Uh, probably a vegan donut place. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> is it? So, how are you building this thing? Are you getting? Uh, you got a derailleur? You got internal, like an internal geared hub sort of weird jazz? Well, little guy, you know me well enough to know not to ask those questions because I'm pretty sure it's got disc brakes, and I think it. I think it's a one by eight. So I'm assuming Seriously? it's. You don't I'm, know. It's a one by eight. I think. I'm pretty sure uh, it does not have a front derailleur, and it has I mean, maybe. I mean, if it was, that'd be really weird if it was just eight gears in the front. It has, <laughs> <laughs> it has a weird. Um, it well, it's a flat bar bike, so it. I don't think it's Tiagra. No. It's probably like um a VO Sora? or something. I don't know, a VO? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Come on. All right, all right. I'll, you know, I'll just I text Sarah about shop, it later. But I was just the yeah. face. You were just the face. I'll text Sarah about it later. Yeah. We'll talk. Now, the question is, is there any way that I could put campy disc brakes on this bike? Yeah, sure. Why not? But how would I put the levers on there? Because those are drop bar levers. Would I need to get like you mustache bars or something? You probably run them with flat bar oh, levers. I, I mean, know. no, no, no. The answer is simple. The answer is mustache bars. Oh, okay. the answer is always mustache bars. <laughs> I love mustache bars. I got a pair on a bike, and I've got an extra pair in the basement, you know, just in case. Yeah, God. Well, uh. should we I, – I feel that I don't really have a good segue, but all I got to say is we are on the fast lane to mountain bike world cup them because the one race a little uh, that Spencer and I watched. Speaking yeah, I of I saw flat some bars, Tim – yeah. There it was. Wow, smooth. that was one hell of a there it was. Okay, let's try that again. Yeah. Take two. Okay, ready? <clears throat> so, guys, um, speaking of flat bars on my cargo bike, huh? we yes. need to get into the one race that Spencer and I both watched this weekend. Oh, yes. And of course, I am talking about the UCI Mountain Bike World Cup and Stellenbosch South Africa for the opening round of the 2018 UCI Mountain Bike World Cup. And while Annika Langvid of Denmark, won the women's race over PFP and Ann Tauber. It was the men's race that captured the day with an epic bout of racing because starting in the eighth row with number plate 47, Matthew Vanderpool getting a little bit of a mention on Red Bull TV. It was amazing, yeah. just a little bit, because Nino Scherter, who won every World Cup and World Championship last year, pointed him out and said, that is the guy to watch. Matthew Vanderpool came on and put on a show, but there was one other gentleman that Nino Scherter said, eh, that guy has a chance to beat me. He almost said it in passing. He said, Matthew Vanderpool is the guy that could beat me, but maybe Samuel Gase of New Zealand, the current U23 mountain bike world champion, who destroyed Nino Scherter in the final lap sprint. And I got to admit, it was a fantastic mountain bike race. Little guy, did you get to watch it? I so you guys both told me about this. I I'm kind of not in. No, I watched some highlights. So I, I do want to go back and watch more because I love the some Vanderpool. French yeah, national champion was tearing yeah. it up in third place and almost caught him. <laughs> Little guy, it sounds this great. Is, this was your race, and you it, failed us. You were wasting your day away 
with Torino, Adriatico, and Paris <laughs> no, Nice. Perry and we East, had Perry. the race. Yeah. It was awesome. What's what's good for good. a little guy, though, is that Red Bull TV puts those replays up uh, yeah. right away. So he can actually watch those anytime he wants uh, while he's, you know, um, shielding Tom Boone and Tom Boonin's eyes so he doesn't get influenced by mountain bikes and uh, stays on task <laughs> to being uh, the next <laughs> world champion. To be a roadie. Yeah. No, I, I, he can see mountain bikes. You know, he hasn't seen mountain bike racing yet. That might be good to broaden his horizons because he only knows about cycle cross and road racing so far. Sure, <laughs> it's his only screen time. I mean, I, so let's get right into it. This course was dusty. It was dry. There was amazing features. UCI mountain bike racing now is fantastic because the laps are only like four kilometers long, so it's only like two and a half miles. So you you see yeah. these seven lap race. Matthew Vanderpool starting so far back fights through and it was awesome to watch the first two laps as he's going up. I can't, I can't quench my excitement enough because I knew Bill from Crosshairs Radio who was there on the ground reporting for the, uh, for his gig with Trek was watching going, Oh my gosh, this is the guy we've talked about for years and they're finally starting to recognize him. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, he was passing people left and right, and he finally catches up to the lead group, and then that's when Samuel Gaze and Nino Schurter attack. And we can't discount what Nino Schurter has done last year. Mountain bike racing has gotten exciting. Best part is Julian Absalon, he finished in like 42nd place. He's not his own team anymore. Well, he, it's like there's a cr- changing of the guard. Tim, Julian yeah. Absalon did crash during warm-ups and practice during the week and broke a finger, and so... You know, was riding the race in like a cast. Just want to throw that out there. But again, you you think I listened to the details, Spencer. I was just watching the action. Uh And it was like Nino Schurter and Matthew Vinderpool both busting out tail whips on the the dirt jumps. That's true. It was way cooler than Torito Adriatico. (laughs) It was pretty cool. That course did (laughs) look incredible. If, if, If nothing else, just watch a lap or two of it to see some of this stuff that they're throwing into cross country these days. It's, it's kind of buck wild. Like it is not your, your typical mountain bike race with they where they have the dirt Zamboni that cruises through the trails and smooths them out for you. We'd all die. Chris Weber over here calling a timeout. I didn't even get into the fact that there was a track stand sprint on the final lap. Nino Schurter and Samuel Gaze were near track stand complete stop. The course was fantastic, but these guys were battling each other. For, and then that's when the French national champion almost beat them. It was, oh my God, my mind was blown. All in, guys. Sounds good. All right. The, Sounds like it. The, um, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch some highlights. So. I would throw out that the, uh, the women's race was just as exciting, actually, Tim. We had back and forth up there with uh, Langveld and PFP for a long time, and they, they traded places multiple times, and Yolanda Neff who broke her collarbone like 10 oh. days ago, basically yeah. like racing yeah. again at the world cup level on the, on that course, which looked brutal, um, was super impressive. She ended up finishing like fifth place, I think, uh, just on the wide That's angle podium. So, uh, it was an incredible race. Which, um, definitely one to watch as well. Um, but yeah, so, both, <laughs> both races lived up to all the hype you could ever give. And uh, we're definitely more exciting than a team time trial in Italy. <laughs> so, Spencer, you're absolutely right. The men's and w- the the women's race there was fantastic with PFP um, 
back at it and then An- Annika what's, Langvold taking the win. What's up? I want to point out. Yeah. Both races were like an hour and a half. Yeah. So it's like perfect amount of time. It's not like I'm wasting an entire day watching a team time trial like you just said. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is action and the coverage on Red Bull TV. What's like? I, yeah. What's crazy I, about – I mean the, the coverage is great and the courses are obviously like kind of tailored for TV. Like you can see really well the, all the features, like the main things you would want to see – I have cameras on them. It's it's well produced. Yeah. You know that's all great. We've talked about that before. Um, I thought it was incredible in the women's race, especially uh, in that top ten. I think six different women had world championship stripes on their sleeves, like yeah. former world champions. That is a stacked field. Oh my god! Yeah. And then Yolanda obviously has the current world champion jersey, but uh, they were. They were beating each other up, and that was a great race. But Vanderpool, obviously, the story of the day, uh, with his, you know, charge so, to the front and his stamp of authority on the race, uh, despite finishing fourth, uh, was pretty great. Do you think that that was a? I think Vanderpool is definitely the story that's going to capture the cycling narrative, like the narrative of the media. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Samuel Gaze, who I don't know much about, beating Nino Scherter, being the first one to beat mm-hmm. the, easily the, you know. The man, if you will, yeah. of mountain biking. I mean, it's kind of almost too bad for him that <laughs> a fourth place finisher completely overshadows. Yeah. But and here's the the story, little guy, that you might actually get a kick out of. So moving forward, starting with round two, moving on, they're now introducing sh- uh, short track uh, mountain biking into yeah. the race weekend, and the top sixteen finishers in the short track race the day before the cross country are now going to be in staged in the first two rows. So now they're going to do like a 25-minute short track race. Okay. Positions 1st through 16th are then going to be stage 1 through 16 on the start row. Mm-hmm. And then it goes like UCI. And, and then it'll go UCI that. points. So so you would be drawing. You'd be on like row 9. But, you know, Matthew Vanderpool now <laughs> may be like row 4. But if he does the short track race yeah, and works his way up through qualifying, he could yeah. actually be on the first or second row. Or same with um, even Sam Gaze started. I believe he was like – fourth row at the start yeah so you've got that ability now to you know it's so important the start and now they've found a way to integrate short track huh. into it to make it more of a festival weekend i'm actually excited to see how that goes uh, mountain so, biking's moving in the right direction break this down for me short track is just a shorter track or is there anything specific it's basically a, a cross race beyond yeah. okay but on mountain bikes. but they and they they tend to have a little bit rougher features right spencer like can you could you ride a cross bike or is there rules against the like could you have drop bars like Tomac I'm sh- and go out I'm there? I'm sure and do there's it? rules against that. I don't really know. Uh I can't imagine they'd let anybody ride a cross bike. <laughs> I mean Maybe there, one of there's our like dozens gonna of be listeners. a rock garden or something yes. like gnarly in there, but like not not to the level that we saw, I don't think. It's it's gonna be oh, short okay. and fast, lots of laps, fun to watch, kind of red hook crit style, you know? Yeah. Um I gotta say one thing about mom biking. When those guys are climbing, like the whole field is climbing and they're out of the saddle, people look stupid climbing out of the saddle on mountain bikes, on flat bars, rocking the bike back and forth. Like it just looks inefficient and kind of dumb after watching people on road bikes They're, they're no Pantani? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm looking at them all and I'm like, get some bar ends, dudes. Bar the Little guy, oh. if, you were a, if you were a professional mountain biker, oh. yeah, doing, okay. would you I have like a this. dropper post? I mean, probably, I guess. I don't know. I've never so used one. I'm you also guys never, know I'm not the never... biggest like tech nerd out there. Yeah. But they 
they were talking a lot about most of the racers now do do full suspension, but every now and then you find a hardtail. Yeah. I always like that. Like the difference there also what kind of treads are using, um, uh, dropper posts. I was a little disappointed that 16th place or, uh, finisher Fumic, Marcel Fumic of Germany, who normally wears baggy shorts was not in the baggies. And there was <laughs> not, serious? there he was wears a, baggies. There was a significant lack of, um, visors helmet visors i was hoping for a few more helmet visors out there uh in the mountain bike realm so maybe people can bring that back i feel like fontana is good for that from italy um yeah i I can't believe uh, someone's wearing you reminded me talking about hardtails tim that yolanda neff in addition to having broken her collarbone just a few weeks ago was also on a hardtail on this course which is just that's brutal it's incredible she's so good now speaking of hardtails Mm -hmm. Spencer, yes. it's been a little snowy up there in Boston, but you have finally unveiled your steed of choice for your commutes as of late. Mm-hmm. And I got to admit, your Instagram is blowing up. The Twitter nonstop likes coming across my feed because the all pink Bianchi <laughs> single speed, the puss, is out in oh, about wow. in Boston. It's, alive, it's huh? true. It's alive. I got some wheels built up, uh, some 27.5 wheels and stuffed them in that old 26 inch frame and, uh, Works perfect. Tons of room, no problems, and I am rolling in style, you guys. It's a dream come true. I I gotta say, yeah, I've probably literally. wanted that bike since I don't know, two thousand three or four or five. It, it's somewhere definitely over ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely for over ten years. We've been hearing about it's it. It's been so. a while, so I finally found one in my size for sale for a reasonable price when I actually had money available to spend on something dumb like that. And, uh, yeah, it, it feels good. So you have that inspiring bike riding experience, which, you know, we're all about. I have my cargo bike around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little guy, enlighten us on what kind of riding you've been doing lately that actually is Casual, exciting because baby. I don't know how you're going to beat finally the riding the bike of your dreams that Spencer has finally realized in Boston of all places. Well, and I have my cargo bike. I don't think you can hard. top it. I I've been rocking, and all last week at work I rocked, uh, like 1960 Sears Mixty three speed cruiser <laughs> with a basket. Okay, I'm but I'm wow. old courier chilling right now. It's great. Three speeds, they're like a mile apart from each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brakes are a little sketchy, um, but hey, it's got full fenders and it's got a basket, and it's 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 super fun. And yep. I can actually get cruising pretty good on it. I've even had to do some some fast work, and it hasn't been a problem, even though the bike weighs about 43 pounds or uh, something. You... So what dumpster did you find this bike in? <laughs> uh, Caitlin found it in the alley like three or four years ago, and it sat in the shed. Mm-hmm. And then I finally fixed it because, like I mentioned on last week's podcast, winter's killed all my bikes. <laughs> I, got one, I got one decent work bike and it's so nice right now and we're at the serious thaw salt crust moment right now and i just don't want to bring it out like i want to wait until april showers yeah uh because it it can get wet it can get dirty but right now it's just going to get ruined and like it's just too nice like it's on the stand and it shifts so smooth and it it's so, so clean t- and i'm like i'm i'm more interested in this uh sears mixty uh it sounds yeah. like this thing probably has like drum brakes on it is this true no 
It's got it's got the longest reach. Uh, <laughs> it's the longest so, reach, like single pivot ah, so brakes on it. How much uh, how much room do you got in that fork and that rear end? Can you get some forties in there? Can you get some gravel grinding kind of tires in there? Um, I could get a little bigger. It's got twenty six by one and seven eighths right now. Okay, so yep. you probably get uh, like a mm, I don't know uh, I don't know. You yeah, probably yeah, find I don't something know either. Some sort of slick, well, skinny mountain bike tire and put it in there. Yeah, I mean that's it's on some sort of weird generic like a, tire. I mean, I like, bet you could get you like go a to a bike shop and you say uh, marathon in there or something like that. One of those winter well, kind of burly commuter tires. Yeah. I I got something in the back with tan sidewalls, and the one in the front is the tire that was on it when we found it. So it's probably the original tire. Okay, you got to fix that. Um, do you think you could uh, <laughs> swap those out for like six fifty Bs? Can you get this thing modernized? I mean, I don't think I want to get it modernized because you know it's got the brake tracks with like the grooves in them and stuff. Yeah, that's not They're, good. Like, that doesn't pattern. sound good. That helped. That, no, that makes you brake better. That's what now, look, we're we're a podcast for cycling enthusiasts. But yeah, let's yeah. just say that you're new to the game. How would you describe what a mixty is versus a regular bike? Asking for a friend, uh, lady bike, old school lady bike. It's got it doesn't have it doesn't have three triangles. It's okay, just got the two down tubes. You know, it has two down tubes <laughs> and no top tube. It's a step. What do you through. mean by two it's down tubes? Through. I'm confused. It's a step through. It doesn't have a top tube. It's like when we were kids, and 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 you'd be like, "That's a girl's bike. I can't ride that." Oh, okay. One of those. I was just yeah. I was just curious. It, makes, it probably uh, makes the uh, downtown delivery like dismounts very easy, very casual. I mean, it's it's super. Everything about it is so casual. Oh, this is the best part though. So it's got it's pretty sweet as far as cruisers go. It's got three piece cranks. They're cottered. They're steel. Oof. They're super awesome and stiff and compliant and stuff like that. Um, but one of the pedals, so the pedals aren't coming off. There's no way. But one of the pedals, they're those like plastic pedals with like the two big plastic blocks in them. Like oh, a yeah. middle spin and the two plastic blocks. Um, one of the plastic blocks was missing. And so I just, I just cut a piece of wood, cut a piece of maple the same size and put it in there and just screwed it in. So one of my pedals is partially made of wood. It's great. Wow! Yeah, ever the ingenuitive one of <laughs> so, the Slow Ride podcast, the little guy. Did you? Did this you, bike's so much fun, man. Did you stain the wood before you put it in there? Did you get a nice color? I didn't. Hmm. I didn't. You know, I thought about it, but I didn't have time to like really let it. So kind of like do its thing. For, it's just raw. Yeah. For next season, do you think we'll get the wood fenders to match your new wooden pedals? Because I imagine you're going to take the other plastic blocks out and replace them with wood as well. <laughs> No, I don't think so. I, it's it's already it's got the original fenders, so they're painted to match. It's black, and they got like little stripes, and it's got an integrated uh, reflector, so it's pretty sick. Okay. Yeah, it's got a seat that's like three times wider than my ass, so it kind of hurts to ride on. But it's got a lot of springs in it, you know, so it's super chill. And then with that, we'd like to oh, thank man. all of our listeners for tuning in. Thanks to BK One for the use of the track "Tama Do Cannibal" off the album "Radio Do Cannibal." on Rhyme Sanders Entertainment. And thanks for tweeting us at the Slow Ride Pod or emailing us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks to healthiq.com slash slowride for their continued support in a way for you to save money on your life insurance. And also thanks to those that are members of the Wide Angle Podium Network that have downloaded our app. And if you haven't already, please click subscribe on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. This is Coach Tim in Orlando. 
This is regular Matt in Minneapolis. This is regular Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. And we will see you guys on the Greenway. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.